What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Most of our podcasts, Joey, I feel like we get really deep into story and my wife hates it. When I don't get to the point, I don't talk about very finite items. I just talk about theory and concept and ideas because that's what I am, right? I'm an idea guy. The idea guy. Yeah, today, though, we're talking about registered agents. We're talking about LLCs, corporate minutes. I was looking over there at you, and I was wondering, like, uh uh-oh, is the stallion still with me? Dude, do you know what was really going through my head? What? You know, when he said, this, this is, if you don't do this, 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 or this, they can easily, somebody can put a, uh, a judgment on you. And all of a sudden they have pierced the corporate veil. You, you know, when he said that, yeah, you know what that means? No, that means that the LLC that was put in place to protect is no longer a protection vehicle to all your assets. They can come after your personal assets. The whole time I thought, that's me. I'm the guy that's not doing those things. What am I going to do? I got to get out there right now and start doing things the right way so that that protection is still in place. Like that's just, you know, I love what he said. It's just like having insurance. We would always pay insurance for anything that we're doing, but this is one of those lesser known things that has to be put in place or you've just, you're just, leaving yourself fully out to dry. All right. Can I ask you a question really quick then? Please. I mean, you you mentioned insurance. I need some sidebar advice. Okay. Okay. I am a, I'm a part owner in an LLC up in Canada. It's an outfielder. Like that's, that's like a hunting outfielder where you can go duck hunting and we own the hunting license, right? You have to have this like special license for, for your, your duck hunting guides to, for people to go to. We bought a piece of property up there and the the house, the the structure that's on it, we insured it for a hundred thousand dollars, but with five million dollars of liability. You with me? Okay, I'm with you. We get it assessed. We paid fifty grand for it. I mean, hey, look, hey, we're winning, right? Deal. Uh, deal. It's Canada. It's in the middle of Saskatchewan, it's in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> Nobody nobody's around. <laughs> The, the lady who takes care of the property, like cuts the grass and stuff, charges us $500. Not a month, a year. Oh, <laughs> okay. wow. Now, the, the assessment comes back. The people go and say, hey, it would actually cost $600,000 to replace this lodge that you have. So I'm trying to figure out, what do we do? It costs $2,500 for insurance for its current $100,000 Valuation. Valuation. But if we want to insure it for what it would cost to replace it, it's $10,000. Mm. What would you do? 
Well, so this is being actively used by hunters on a regular basis. Uh, you say regular. I say um, we probably get 50 nights a year out of it. 50 nights. Okay. Well, I mean, you think about your clientele that are going in and out of this place. There's probably some some libations. There's probably some fire. There's probably some, you know, some sitting out by the fire, things of this nature. I'd say that this is probably something that you want to ensure at the maximum because there's a likelihood things could get out of hand. So if, if the thing burned down, insurance company wrote us a check right now for a hundred thousand, we're winning. <laughs> we paid fifty grand for it. Well, I guess so, here's here's the question. By not having the lodge, does the value of the overall investment drop like a rock? Or is it like eh? Well, we didn't really have the it. lodge when we first bought the outfitters license. That was just like an added thing because there's just really no place for people to stay up there. So we were like, well, why don't we do this? And then we can charge more. Right. So I, I guess I probably need to do the math. I'm sorry to make yep. you, if you're, yep. if you're listening to this. I'm sorry to make you listen to my, my rant here. I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out you're talking about insurance. Maybe think about it. What I know though, is this podcast episode is probably one that if you're about to start a business or have started one and you're like Joey, you maybe haven't been keeping up with all the details. You might want to listen closely. You might want to take action on this. Even the, our guest who is a rich dad advisor, who Robert Kiyosaki has used to help him set up at, uh, asset protection. He's somebody that could do it for you, or there's plenty others out there. I hope you'll enjoy this interview as we jump in right now with Garrett Sutton. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome in tribe, you're in for a treat. Today we have Garrett Sutton on the line. Thank you for being here, Garrett. My pleasure, thanks for having me. Garrett, you're the expert when it comes to creating entities that others can't pierce, if you will, right? I think you your book is Veil Not Fail. Is Veil that Not Fail, just brand new. What is the one thing that our audience immediately needs to tune into to understand why they need to be reading your book and listening to you? Well, the corporate veil is pierced in 50% of all cases meaning the person who has a judgment against the corporation can pierce through and reach your personal assets. 50% of the time that happens, that's too often. And so that's why I wrote the book, Fail Not Fail, so that people can take steps, they're not hard to follow, but take the easy steps to maintain their LLC or corporation. Well, and this, this concept is nothing new. The book that you're writing off of is the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, the Rich Dad Advisor series, I'm sorry. And you actually got a chance to, to meet Robert Kiyosaki. I think there's a pretty interesting story. Would you mind sharing that? Well, he was, uh, you know, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a very popular book. It still is. And uh, he was interviewing people to be part of the Rich Dad Advisor series. 
and uh, they interviewed a number of, a, of Nevada attorneys. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be chosen uh, because I played rugby. Uh, Robert is a huge rugby fan. We've been to two World Cups together. And uh, so the rugby connection is what did it. So you're, you're saying that it's because you're the most excellent attorney that created these corporate veils that couldn't be broken, right? Not, not just because of rugby. <laughs> I would say it's a combination of both. <laughs> no, you got to like your advisor, right? You got to right. have an affinity for him. So that, that makes perfect sense. Um, let's break down for a second. What are the most common ways that you've seen? I mean, obviously you had this, this draw, to draw to write this book up because you saw there's a problem, that these things should not be um, broken into 50% of the time. What are some of the most common uh, ways that that happens that maybe people aren't aware of? Really good question, Joey. One of the most common ways is that you don't pay the fee to the state. Uh, you know, the state is giving you this limited liability charter and in exchange for that limited liability, you got to pay them every year. And if you don't pay the state that fee, your charter's revoked and you have no protection at that point. Uh, you also need to do annual minutes. And a lot of people on the internet read that you don't need to have an annual meeting like you do with a corporation. And I totally disagree with that. When you're in front of a judge or jury, you want to have those annual meeting minutes to present to them to show that you followed the corporate formalities. And I don't want my clients in front of a judge or jury having to say that, yes, I uh, had this business for 12 years and I ran it without ever having a meeting. You know, I mean, you really need to follow the formalities and have that meeting once a year. We help you with this. It's not hard to do. We give you a book with the templates for the minute meetings. Uh, but not a lot of people prepare them. And so we offer a service where we will do that for you. But that's another one, that annual meeting showing that you're following the rules, you're having a meeting once a year, electing officers and directors. Um, you also need the registered agent, the person there to accept service of process. If you let the registered agent go, if you don't pay their fees and someone tries to serve you, you may not get notice of the lawsuit and then they can get what's called a default judgment meaning they win you they couldn't find you you didn't respond to a notice in the newspaper and they can go to the court and get a default judgment you've already lost so you want that registered agent to accept the information that you've been sued so that you can get your attorney on the case to to uh, file an answer um, and this idea that a land trust will help you, uh, you know, have anonymity and no one can ever sue you. That's not the way to look at it. You need to get that notice of a lawsuit to your insurance company as soon as possible so that they can defend you. If you don't get to them in a, a timely manner, they can uh, deny coverage because you didn't allow for them to get notified soon enough. Let me jump in here, Garrett, because you're, as you know, this is what you do every day long, all day long, is you're talking to entrepreneurs who don't do any of those things you're talking about, right? <laughs> we don't even remember who the registered agent is. I guarantee you we're not still paying them unless they give us a bill. Sometimes the bill shows up. Sometimes we find it. Sometimes we pay it. A lot of times we don't do any of the minute stuff. I, 
and Joey jumped right into the what part, but I want to make sure that we we hit the person listening right square between the eyes. I want to hear the story of the person that you've talked to, unfortunately, way too late because they didn't do this. They were served with that default judgment or whatever it was. And what was the consequence? What was it that they lost? Because that's going to help the person say, I better listen up. I better start trying to figure out how to do this, not only for my existing businesses, but the, all the new ones I want to create. Well, and then we have plenty of those kind of horror stories in Veil Not Fail. I mean, it's just filled with actual cases where people haven't followed the formalities. But to your point, Russ, uh, there have been cases that I have seen where people have formed the entity. They did it online. They didn't know that they had these ongoing requirements. No one ever told them that you need to do the minutes. You need to pay the registered agent every year. And so people are just in the dark about this, which is unfortunate. And when you don't pay the registered agent, they deny um, acceptance of the lawsuit. You'll never get notice of it. And then they get a claim against the, the LLC and they can pierce through the LLC because you didn't have a registered agent, because you never did the minutes the court will pierce through the LLC and hold the individual personally liable. I have seen that. I have read the cases where that happens quite frequently. And so it is a problem that these people don't know that there are ongoing requirements to keep your LLC or corporation uh, current. Okay. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to jump in, Russ. You can't just, this is not the Russ show. Okay. This is the wealth without wall street show. Um, so Garrett, give me out somebody that's trying to think about this from this doesn't apply to me. Right. And this will never happen to me. Give me one example where the, the judgment was brought on somebody there. Let's say that they're a real estate investor. What's one reason they would have gotten the judgment to begin with. Just make it very practical for. Them. Okay. So uh, Joey, you own a duplex and a tenant sues you for a condition on the property and the tenant the tenant's attorney goes to the um, state website like they, the hold list, on, they, they they slipped on the property there's mold yeah. in the property the roof was leaking like any of these things they any can just of those sue things. me for this right right okay. now you have coverage for that you have insurance for that right but you haven't followed through with your registered agent. So the tenant's lawyer looks up on the state website, who's the resident, resident agent for Joey's LLC? And it says XYZ service company. They go to XYZ service company and they try and serve the lawsuit on the registered agent. The registered agent says, you know, Joey never paid me and we're not going to accept service of process. And so the service, the process server goes back to the court and says, look, we tried to serve Joey's LLC, but he didn't pay the registered agent. The judge says, okay, because you couldn't find him through the registered agent, you can publish notice in the newspaper. And you know, that little two point type at the back of the legal section, you're not going to get notice of the lawsuit. Right. So then they go back to the court and say, look, we tried to serve the registered agent. No one would accept it. We published notice in the newspaper of the lawsuit. No one responded. And the judge says, okay, default judgment. Joey's LLC has a judgment against it for the tenant's injuries. 
it would have been much better if Joey's LLC could have received that notice of the lawsuit and got the insurance company involved right off the bat so that the insurance coverage would be in effect. The insurance companies have a, a, a good reason not to cover you if there's a default judgment. If you didn't take the proper steps to stay informed and have a registered agent accept service of process. So that is a common horror story. Oh, wow. It, now, Robert Kiyosaki was looking for a Nevada attorney for some reason. So that begs the question, are there better states to incorporate in versus others? Well, we like uh, Nevada and Wyoming, in some cases, Delaware. Um, Wyoming has gotten better than Nevada over the years. When we started out, Nevada was the best place to set up an LLC, but Wyoming has surpassed it in the last 10 years. Uh, Nevada's annual fee is $350 a year. Wyoming is only $62 a year. Wyoming lists your name on the state website as an officer, director, or, or manager. Wyoming does not list your name on the state website. So you have a measure of privacy there. So when we give our clients a choice between Nevada and Wyoming, you know, um, most people choose Wyoming. Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you gotta go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we, as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. Well, and you, you mentioned a second ago something that's really interesting because I'm going through this process right now and I'm trying to you know, go back and not only restructure some of my, um, my assets and the entities that I have, and Wyoming is that, you know, that's what I was looking at as well. But you talked about the registered agent. Who should the registered agent be? Like I, one of the options that I saw that I could be the registered agent, and I felt like that doesn't sound right. But but what w- what is your suggestion of who the registered agent should be? And if it shouldn't be the person, the individual owner, why not? Well, it should be corporate direct, which is my firm, and we offer the registered agent <laughs> in all fifty states. So I love that's that. the best choice you have now. Why wouldn't you be your own registered agent? You can do that, but you have to, if it's a Wyoming entity, you have to have, you have to live in Wyoming, right? You have to have an address in Wyoming. If you travel, uh, you need to make sure that someone's going to get notice of a lawsuit. So people who travel, if if the process server goes by your house a couple of times and you're not there, again, they go back to the court and say, we tried to serve and we couldn't find the person. So it's always better to have a commercial registered agent that will be there five days a week during business hours to accept notice of a lawsuit and get you the information immediately. When we get served with a lawsuit, within 30 minutes, we are uh, notifying our client that they've been sued because typically you only have 30 days to file an answer. So you need to know this immediately. What other 
um, I guess, details or tasks does a registered agent do? Like what else, what other things do they do besides just being present and available? Well, that's the main thing is to receive notices from the government, receive uh, notices of lawsuits. Uh, they can do mail forwarding in some cases if you want. But, you know, the main function is to be there, to be open during business hours and to accept notice of a lawsuit and get that to you immediately. Gotcha. So besides the fact of people not paying the annual fee, and you just mentioned two examples, Nevada's 350, Wyoming's $62. Um, so it's not some exorbitant fee. It's just people forget to do it. They don't get prompted or they do and they it gets shuffled to the back or whatever. Um, you mentioned the fact that they don't keep the minutes and that they don't have a registered agent. Is there any other reason why this veil could easily become, um, you know, broken. Well, when you engage in fraudulent transactions, the court will also pierce the veil. So, you know, no one wants to be engaged in fraud, but in the book, we have all sorts of cases where they are. So here's what happens. Um, the company has been sued. The president of the company knows that there's this lawsuit there and, and they transfer assets out of the corporation to friends, to family members, uh, as a way to hinder creditors. And so when the uh, person trying to collect the judgment realizes that the corporation doesn't have any money, uh, that there've been these fraudulent uh, transfers, uh, they will sue and the court will look at what happened. And if you have a pattern of transferring money out to family members and friends, the court's going to say, look, the money was in the corporation. You knew you had a judgment and yet you transferred all the money out. We're going to pierce the veil and hold you personally responsible. So that's another case where it happens. I was going to say, I, I've heard that, right? That uh, too often times uh, as business owners, we make the mistake of not treating our business like a business. We start treating it like our own personal piggy bank. And we're making transfers, we're paying for things out of the business account that should have been money transferred to us first and then us paying for it. So in the event of a lawsuit, it sounds like that's what you're saying there is that in the event of a lawsuit, they go and do some auditing of the books. They're going to find all of these improper uses that the business had or the holes that exist that they can then attack. Is that correct? Absolutely, Russ. And you need to have a separate bank account. Your personal account is in one bank account. Your business account is in a completely separate account. And you do not use business monies to pay for personal expenses. You, you take the money into the corporation or LLC, you pay yourself a salary or a distribution and then pay your personal expenses. If there's a pattern of the business paying for all your personal expenses. You know, we have one case in the book involve, involving Porsche payments, uh, which were individual payments. Uh, the court can look at that uh, and say, we're gonna pierce the veil because you didn't follow the formalities of having a business account for business activities and a personal account for personal activities. You want to keep a very strict line between those two accounts. You're saying that the Porsche did not qualify as a company car for the dump truck business. 
It did not. <laughs> there, there are ways to buy your car. There are ways to buy the Porsche, but in this case, in the book, it was not proper. <laughs> it was not proper. Hey, well, I mean, that you know, you're you're speaking the language of those who are great at starting things, not great at following the the process and following up. So walk us through the process. I think that's the, the hard part, right? As entrepreneurs, is that we we know we need to do something, but just the the concept of how much time it's going to take, how much is it going to cost? All these things start to bog us down when we talk about well, having someone help us start. So can we do two different case scenarios? Like one scenario, somebody wants to start a business. How do they interact with you and your company? Well, at Corporate Direct, we offer a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist, and you'll work with that person all the way through the process. We do answer the phone. We'll answer your questions. And you want to set it up right from the start. You want to have the operating agreement prepared. You want to have the membership certificates reflecting ownership prepared. Too many people do not do that step of actually preparing the certificates. And if the IRS comes calling on an audit, they want to see those certificates. So that's what we pro provide as part of the package, as well as the meeting minutes. And uh, we can help you get the EIN number if you want. We'll work with your CPA uh, to make sure that the LLC is taxed the right way. Typically, it's going to be taxed as a partnership for real estate. But, you know, the process takes a couple of weeks. We're by your side the whole way. Uh, we have a flat fee of $795. That includes the registered agent fee for the first year. In the second year, it drops down. You don't have to pay that $795 because the entity's already formed. The annual fee is $125 for the registered agent. Uh, if you want us to prepare the minutes, a lot of people never get around to preparing the minutes. Uh, we'll do that for $150. This is not expensive, but you have to look at this as another form of insurance. Right. These entities are a form of insurance. I always recommend that you have that policy of insurance for protection. But these entities are the second layer of protection. Well, if you're going through the trouble of creating something, it's not yours unless it's protected. And I think that that's what you're stating there is that we need to make sure we do those simple things. Is there ever a situation, right? Like, so before I get to uh, option B that I want to go through, is there ever a situation where you're like, it doesn't necessarily make sense for the expense of setting up the entity, having a tax return or whatever is associated with that because you're doing this? Like, have you, do you have an example that you would share yeah. with that or no? If you're selling pencils on the street, I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Joey's, and this is more so for our audience, but Joey, what he just said is you don't need to insure 100 unicorns. Like that's oh, I, how did I know it? How? If you get sued and somebody takes 100 unicorns from you, good riddance, right? Like now the burden is oh. theirs to try to make a profit. Yeah, I, I was going to say that all of this should be counted in the cost of doing business, right? At the end of the day, like you said, insurance, the cost of doing business, right? All these things have to be considered before you enter into a business to begin with. So count all those things ahead of time as Garrett's talking about this. Um, but to your point, 100 Unicorns is just an e-com brand that I have that is just going to have to just, I'm just going to have to take, you know, my best guess on this deal. And yeah, it, it, he needs to me. put them out of their misery. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I'm muting Joey so I can ask you my second question so he won't keep rambling there, Garrett. So, so scenario B 
is I'm thinking of the entrepreneur who has created several different entities, but probably doesn't know, have they been keeping the corporate minutes? And when I say that probably doesn't know, the answer is 100% they haven't. They, they've just not, you know, but in their head, they're like, I wonder if I've done that. Uh, two is they don't know who the registered agent is. So for somebody like that, would you guys like do an evaluation of someone's books so that they could basically see if they have these things and then help catch them up so that way that they are protected going forward? Hey, yeah, let's, let's don't just, tell anyone. Let's, let's, let's just call this guy Russell. For, like just to, just to make it, this as a for instance, you know, okay. just. For okay. instance, Russell is in this situation yeah. and Russell shouldn't tell anybody that his books aren't up to date, okay? But we offer a cleanup service. So you can contact Corporate Direct and we'll look at what you have and make suggestions for how to clean it up. And again, people have formed these entities online and they don't know any better. And so we have a lot of people come to us and it's not, it's not expensive to clean up the paperwork. Don't tell anyone, we'll do it for you and uh, you'll be fine. And so you can go to Corporate Direct and, and you know, part of the 15 minute consultation is to determine what do you have right now and does it need to be cleaned up? Because we don't want someone suing you later and piercing the veil because you didn't do the paperwork. Well, it's definitely an important part. I mean, it's the reason why I tried. We wanted to have Garrett come on is we know that these are the things that we if you don't already have an entity set up, you will soon. Right. Like if you're following Joey and I's lead, you're finding ways to create investments by businesses and all of these things need to have organization around them. And one of the areas within infrastructure is the protection, is the asset protection around that. And you have to have qualified people. If Robert Kiyosaki could trust Garrett, I think you probably could as well. I, I'm going to encourage you to go get a copy of his book. It Tell us the name one more time, Garrett. Veil, not fail. And, and in that and then book. The other one that uh, people find useful is loopholes of real estate, the legal strategies of owning real estate. Oh, wow. So we didn't even get a chance to, to dig into that. Maybe I have to have come back and, and, and go deeper into that. So, man, Garrett, thank you so much for sharing with our audience. I know this was helpful. It's very tactical, right? Sometimes we get very story oriented in our podcast. And my wife always says, you're too theoretical. Give me the exact. Uh, I, I want to I know exactly how it applies to the situation. You did a great job today just giving us very forward answers. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. If someone wants to connect with you, tell them once again how they can do that. Well, the best way is corporatedirect.com. And if you go there at corporatedirect.com forward slash schedule, you can set up a free 15 minute consult. We're, we're happy to talk to anyone about how we can help you stay protected. Okay. Well, we'll send Russell and uh, the owner of the 100 Unicorns brand your way. And so <laughs> you can figure out who can sue him for the hundred unicorns so they could take them off his hands. And we do no, no longer have to show that on our passive income report as a loss. Is that, is that fair? <laughs> I'm not encouraging litigation, so I'm not going <laughs> to. <encourage it. laughs> All right, tribe. Thanks again for being a part and uh, listening. If you found value today, if you'll go and like and rate and review the podcast so others can find it as well and share it with a friend. Uh, thanks as always. We'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.